the Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. I, I really want to tell you, and this isn't just a tennis ball compliment back, I really love Pastor Marty, and, uh, and I'm thankful for him and his wife, Debbie, and uh, I'm thankful for this church, I'm thankful for this staff. I think we get taught well. I think we get uh, pastored well not only by Pastor Marty and Debbie, but by also the staff. It's quality. And uh, I love the way this church cares for the community and is involved in the community. So I'm just glad to be a part, and I'm humbled by the fact that uh, he asked me to uh, just talk to you this morning. Um, He gave indication that I've been at this a while. Maybe my Maybe the gray hair or the white, I guess it's, I don't know what color it is. I get surprised every time I see it fall on the, on the barber's thing. I think, where did that come from? Uh, but I've, I, it was in fact in talking to Pastor Marty that I realized, because I don't keep track of these things much. When he said about the 50 years and all that, I was surprised when they told me it was 50. Now we're a little, a little beyond 50 in ministry, but as I was talking with Pastor Marty, I don't think anybody's ever asked me this question. At least I hadn't thought about it. And he just said, how long, how long have you known the Lord, received Him? How, how, how long ago? And it shocked me what I told him. It was the truth, but it shocked me. Uh, I said, Pastor, it's been... 70 years, 70 years. Uh, no, I, it, I'm not, it, it's amazing. I, I was shocked with, with what I said. And my wife would probably say, oh no, 70 years? She, didn't, she wouldn't even realize I was that old. Uh, but anyhow, it's been there. It's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a, a thing of just learning how to walk with him through the years. Uh, what I want to talk about this morning and what the emphasis will be. Uh, as I look back on it, it's been, um, it's been a very humbling experience to watch how the Lord has just done things in my life through the years. And uh, he might make the comment about uh, come as a father. Uh, if I do come that way, and I will take that place, I, I, uh, I don't come as a father that thinks he has all the answers to everything in the world and has finger pointed and says, and you should live like this. I just want to share different things that have been helpful to me and ways of looking at life and ways of coming at life and the things that have made a difference. I, I'm, I, and I don't know whoever put this in me. I believe it. I, I'll blame it on the Lord. I've always been interested in not just a head knowledge of God or a heart knowledge of God, but a head heart knowledge of God that makes a difference in the way I walk out this life. 
I think this life that we have uh, needs to be seeable. And, and I guess I've felt that for many, many years. I want to talk this morning about living an authentic life, a life that is uh, uh, truly what it's to be. I, I think uh, I just have learned a part of this in the last few years. I really want to say to you, I, I, I really enjoy being God's son. And I want to continue to learn more about enjoying God and enjoying being his son. And I would have to say that years, in my early years, there, it, I, I don't know that I served a God that I enjoyed. I didn't know uh, a thing about real enjoyment uh, and just then having fun or enjoying being God's son and understanding something about this walk. That's how I come to you, and I'll talk to you later about some of the stuff I I. I do uh, want to at least make a couple comments. I, I believe God really does want to show us who we are. And this is a phrase that I heard just recently that I believe deeply. Only God gets to tell us who we are. A lot of people like to try to tell us who we are. A lot of people like to shape us. But only God really gets to tell us who we are. And therefore, I think, show us. We're not to be caught up in comparison, comparing our lives with others. Uh, I, won't, I won't go long on that, but that was, uh, that's a thing that uh, I believe God gives us a lane to run in. I, be, I believe he gives us gifts. I believe certain temperaments, certain uniqueness, and I believe there's certain ways that I walk out his life through me that uh, is enjoyable and it fits me. And I believe God wants us to enjoy life that fits us, uh, that he shapes and helps make a difference in. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, this journey toward authenticity, being authentic people, that we serve an authentic God, one who's out in the open about things, and that he wants us to live with that kind of freedom. And I'm going to say how I see some of these things is that they're really, I believe in him showing us who we are and letting us experience who we are. I believe he really emphasizes us being who we are rather than emphasizing certain doing to try to earn certain things to prove who we are. He wants us to settle in and enjoy being who we find out that he's made us to be. So I'm going to share some things that... Uh, I, the best way I can tell you, and I've seen it, I, I see Scripture as being like, uh, at least for me, I have to have it this way, certain simple ways of just understanding some stuff. I see certain Scriptures through the years, and in preparing for this, when Pastor Marty asked me to talk about what I want to talk about, I realized this is a part of the way I've seen life for a period of time, but it was kind of fun putting together various scriptures that I, have, that I have called templates in my life or the skeleton to living out the life of God, living out life His way. 
And I could take you back years ago. I just had somebody from first service say, I remember you talking about that years ago. It doesn't mean re-preaching a thing, but living out certain portions of Scripture. And so there are just certain key Scriptures or concepts that I think I'd just like to share with you that have made a difference. And, and uh, uh, they've made a practical difference in my life. And I hope you'll find that it makes some practical difference in yours too as we take a look at this journey into authenticity or being real people that God intends for us to be. We've spent, we've heard Pastor Marty talk about various things that bring us to this part in our journey. Talked some last week about the false self, how that's built, and, and, but this has more to do with who we truly are. And here are the scriptures. I just, I'm just going to toss them out there, hope that they mean something to you too, and you'll get kind of what I'm talking about with it. One of the places that I that is very significant is the part out of Genesis chapter 3, especially verse 7. That's a very key scripture because that's the scripture often that is talked about as representing or describing what is described as the fall of man, where man fell away from what God had intended him to be. Now, again, I told you I need certain, certain things just simple. I was years ago seeing some things about this, and I started to draw the picture of man falling. And I just drew them falling flat on their face. And I felt right in the middle of that teaching, the Lord said, no, 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 no that's not, you're not seeing it correctly yet. When man fell, when they made the decision to eat of the fruit, didn't just fall on his face, but fell upside down and backwards to what God had intended, ways that man had in, God had intended man to live. So when it came to viewing God, life, ourselves, our perspective on things, our perspective because of the impact of the fall was upside down and backwards and remains that until it says God sent his son, the righteous one or the upright one. And when we put our faith in him, then we who are upside down get made upright in the upright one. And scripture then talks about how important it is then to get instruction in uprightness, in learning how to live uprightly, because our natural way is to come at life upside down and backwards. So that's been a way I've viewed that for years, and it, it makes a difference in these areas. Now watch. It says in this part that they recognized that they were without clothes. They were naked. And it says they were ashamed, and in later it says afraid. And so what they did is now God's purpose was that they'd be people who would live out in the open and open about things. And, and, and what they did was they covered themselves. They found some way of their own hands, I, I call it, be able to self-justify or self-protect. And the thing is, that began to be a natural way for people who walk upside down. That there would be the fig leaves that each one of us have different ways of, of putting on or protecting or allowing the real us to keep from being seen. We 
keep the image that we want to keep showing, we want to keep that out in the way we've shaped it. And I believe that the Lord has said in that part that it's important that He wants us, we've been created in His image to live life in the open without fig leaves. And I don't know what our fig leaves might be, but they can be very sophisticated sometimes. Another portion in the New Testament out of 1 John, it talks about, see it fits, walk in the light or out in the open as he's in the light, out in the open, the light's shining, and he says there, you'll really enjoy fellowship one with another. See, the reason is because you're not trying to protect yourself or think, how am I to be relating to this person? What person am I to show this person? person how am I to impress it just means walk as who you are and another person walks that way the idea is you have true fellowship really live life as is to be lived and the sin part of our lives this is at least how I read this and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all sin in other words the sin part is handled the blood of Jesus takes care of that so we don't have to try to protect or pretend regarding the sin, because our sin, we're sinners. Blood of Jesus takes care of that, and as a part of that, he wants me to walk in the open, in the light. So those scriptures have meant a lot to me. Another portion of scripture is, and this is, these are really conceptual things. There's so much more here. I could talk on each of these because of, I mean, what they mean to me and how I believe they're to be seen. But there's a part in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, that is really talking about, uh, it, 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 especially in the New American Standard, it talks about that there's a certain simplicity in Christ or living His way that is to be lived out. Simplicity. We often live in a world that the more mysterious we can be to people, that's what we're to be. Oh, I'm mysterious? No. The Lord says, life in me is in the open. It's not complicated. In 2 Corinthians 11.3, he says, I'm concerned lest, like the serpent, deceived Eve and turn the mind, and that really is what's being said, and I'll say upside down, but that, that affected the way she thought, is he said, I, I'm concerned lest, lest that same thing happen to you, and that you're moved away from, and the New American would say that simplicity, the idea, is simple devotion or simplicity that's in Christ. There's a certain simplicity in that world, Here's what the word simplicity means. I should have had this out. I, but this is how I see this. And this is, this is the word that's used for simplicity. And by the way, this is the basis for integrity out in the open. There's not a public life and a private life. The closer you can get those two together, the more healthy we are. That, that's called congruence, that I'm congruent, that my public life and my private life is 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 more and more the same. The closer I can get that, the happier. The, the, the farther those are apart, the more energy it takes of, of trying to live out life like that. But the word here for simplicity is a word out of the Greek that means 
living life with, and this is the term, without folds. And it's taken from the illustration of the culture of cloth merchants who sold cloth, and there were some merchants that were absolutely uh, great at, at folding the cloth a certain way and then presenting the cloth to customers in a certain way, could fold it in a way that would hide the imperfections. But the term haplotes out of Scripture means life without folds. There were another group of merchants that just simply presented their wares out in the open without folds. Imperfections and all, and then you could make certain decisions about whether or not you wanted the cloth or whether you didn't, and you paid accordingly. With these others that folded it just right, as you would know, people got taken by what was presented. And you can imagine which, and I don't know which merchant you'd rather do business with, but the ones that did this out in the open did pretty well. People wanted to be around those kind of people because they didn't sense a life or a, a, a person who would fold things up and hide imperfections. That's the term that's used here, that out of 2 Corinthians 11, that we are to be people who live life without folds. And, and by the way, I, I, it's, it's a, this is a process. This is just, this is for us. This is what the Lord says, this is, uh, this is the way we're to live. And, and it isn't like, and you'd better do it. It just is, remember we're to be people that he's calling us to be and wanting us to be. Another portion of scripture that stands out to me on this, this is, uh, this is one of those scriptures that is, uh, and, the, and the concept, it is, I, I'm just telling you, it is beyond what I can put into words, how important or deeply I see this phrase and this concept. But it has to do with being who we are and who Jesus is. It's, it's out of the book of uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. This is the part after, as Jesus is being baptized, that the Father says, this is my beloved Son. This is in some of the other, in whom I'm well pleased. I, this is my Son. I'm pleased. I believe that understanding is absolutely crucial to us, even much more than we know. Jesus so knew who he was that his actions that he lived out, his actions in life proved out that he knew who he was. He was mocked. He was spit upon. I don't know what happens to you when you get mocked or spit upon. I've been spit upon one time. I was in junior high, and I remember it to this day. I remember the guy's name that spit on me. Drove up in a car in the passenger side and spit on me. Hit me right there. I, I don't like, I, but, but 
I don't respond very well to that. To be mocked, spit upon. And then the crucial scriptures in this and the understanding. See, I believe that term son of God or child of God is bigger in the spiritual universe than we realize. Because it has to do with identity. It has to do with who he is, and then who we are as a child of God. And I believe that's a big deal for us to know. It was important that Jesus knew that. And he followed through with it. There's the actions that he's on the cross, and isn't it interesting what they ask on the cross? And this was a big thing. The leaders, they mocked, but they also said then, as he's on the cross, Come down from the cross. See, that's what Jesus came for, people that would believe. Come down from the cross, and then we'll believe what you say. We'll believe you are, if you come down. But remember, because Jesus knew who he was, he stayed true to who he was and who he knew the Father said he was to him and followed through to complete why he came. And died on the cross for us. He knew who he was and didn't come down. I'm convinced of this. The degree to which we know who we are is the degree to which we will then try to prove who we are. Jesus didn't have to prove who he was. We don't have to go around proving who we are. If you know that he has said, you're a child of God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. I won't go into detail about an experience I had of I just I know that's an important thing for us to know. I mean to know it. Not to be shaky about it and not to be religious about it, but to real about it. That I just know I'm a son of God. I know that. I know I'm a daughter of God. I just know that. And once you know, then you don't have to go around trying to prove. Jump down off the cross and prove. Don't have to. I know who I am. That's where it all begins. That anchor in him and in his love, anchored to that, drawing upon it. Drawing upon the resources of who he is. Because he said that's who I am. See, even at the temptation, they, they went after that issue. If you're the son of God, turn those things to stone. Those rock, I mean, those rocks to bread. If you're the son of God, like you say you are, then jump off that because he'll protect you. The angels will hold you up. So you see that phrase a lot. But I'm telling you, that's a real deal in our walk with God. Knowing who we belong to, and knowing we're his. I am a son of God. It's a big deal. Big deal. Well, there's another portion out of uh, John chapter 1 uh, that says, uh, it's 14 and 16, it talks about beholding his glory, the Lord's. 
And it says there, the, the word for beholding his glory means we observed him as one on a stage and we observed him from every angle. We scrutinized him. We looked at him, and the idea is we, we looked at him when he didn't even know we were looking at him in different actions that he would have, different things that he would do. And it says, and every way we observed him, he was full of grace and truth. He was who he said he was. He didn't try to pretend. He didn't try to have to act and think, now what, how am I to act right here? He just was full of grace and truth. And verse 16 says, and of his fullness we received. We received of that fullness, of the very life of God, so that the life we live is the life he's given us to live and to reflect him well and to look like him and be like him. Mean, I don't mean religious stuff. I just mean keep discovering who God's made us to be. And the beauty of it is we're each different. And it's so fun to be different and to see what he's wanting to do in us and he has that for each of us. But that's another scripture that has been really important, I guess, in my life to, to, to deal with being, uh, I, I, I want to be as authentic as I can be in this life. And it's a growing process. And some would say, well, yeah, the older you get, there are all kinds of older people just say whatever they're going to say, do whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and say, okay. <laughs> but you're on your way, by the way. <laughs> I often, I've said to people, if you really want to know what's God's will for you, and I'll say it this way, if you want to know what God's will is for you, if you live day after day after day, you're going to look something like this. I didn't look like this 40 years ago. That sneaked up on me too. <laughs> but here I am. Another portion, and this is, this is like that Son of God portion. And I don't know how to communicate this as deeply as I, as I, as I see it. But it's this. Ephesians chapter 1, especially verses 3 to 8. It really, and you can see it in different places, but it really talks about there, about the life we have in Him or in Christ. In other words, and I'll never forget when I saw this, and it's clear in Scripture. The way he sees me, the way the Father sees me, and the way he deals with me, according to Scripture, is in his Son. By my putting my faith in that upright one, I am in Christ. And so the Father's view of me is in his Son. You know, he's not pretending I'm not, but that's how he sees me. He sees me as a done deal in him, in his son. And 
I don't know how to say that any more clearly. There's a place then, I'll, I'll have Tisha, my daughter, read this, because I, I think it's important that we hear these verses. But, and I want you to review these verses because it talks about this is who we, not what we are going to get someday, this is who we are in Christ Jesus. These are just some of the things. But one of the things in there, especially in verse 6 and some of the other uh, translations of Scripture, would talk about that I am, I am accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in Christ. In other words, that God says about me, Chuck Shumi, I accept you in my son. You're acceptable to me. You know, I want a lot of people, you know, we live life wanting a lot of different people to accept us. But I know there are people that don't accept me. I run into people who say they don't like me or accept me. And I know this can sound, uh, I don't know how it might sound, but it would sound like I don't care about that or whatever. I do care. But I know it's impossible to please or be accepted by everybody. But I will tell you, for me to sit here and know that the God of this universe says, Chuck Shoemaker, I accept you. I accept you. And basically now how I interpret that is, so go on and have fun living my life. To be accepted by the God of this universe. And I, I'm not kidding when I say this. I, and it can sound arrogant, I guess. I believe God not only loves me, I, I believe he likes me. I believe he likes me. And it's not because I'm perfect. It's not because I don't make mistakes. I'm not saying that he always likes everything I do. But I believe in his loving me. I believe I'm the apple of his eye, and he really, he likes me. That, that makes a difference in the way I live life, and the way I come at life. And again, I'm not trying to put something on you. I'm just saying this is for all of us. This is for us. So let's jump in and splash around in it some, in this acceptance and the joy of this. Tisha, go ahead and read that if you would. Just, just read it clearly and loudly so we can hear. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us his kindness, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. You notice in there it says, 
he got great pleasure out of bringing us to him. And we often try to bargain with him to say, no, you didn't get a good deal. And the enemy keeps reminding, say, no, 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 you're fooling yourself. You call yourself, got to, you know, you're an outsider. Okay, you're in because you did it for things, but you're an outside in person. You're on the edges. No, we're in. We're in. We're in. That makes a difference in the way we live life. That's so important to know that we are accepted and all these things of the ways he sees us in his son, the inheritance we have, the blessings that are bestowed on us. Yeah, but if they are, why is it like, oh, I'm his child, I belong. And maybe we've lived in an upside down world where we were pushed to the outside or felt we were always on the outside looking. Maybe even grew up in a family that way. But I'm telling you, in this family, we're all in, all of us. And I mean all the way in. He's not ashamed to call us his son or daughter. Not ashamed. Not ashamed of us. So where the enemy would like to try, try to press shame on you, on you, the God of this universe has put thumbs up. He delights in us. Acts chapter 17 says, when we're talking then about being in him, this is the part that says, <laughs> excuse me here, I, usually I, when I uh, tear, I tear through my nose. Uh, and I've done some of that. So I was, I'm thankful for that little bit that came out of my eyes. And you understand it's not because I'm sad. I, I, I just, uh, this is so precious. And I don't mean religious stuff. I mean real stuff. It makes a difference in the way I get to view life and live out life. And this is for all of us. The last verse I want to share is uh, Acts uh, can't see through my tears, right? 17, verse 28. This is really just simply the part in him. Remember, we've already talked that really our life with God is in Christ, in him. This part is saying, in him I live, in him I move, and in him I exist or have my being. And that's what the Lord's after us being and becoming who he's designed us to be and gifted us to be and blessed us to be. He wants us to discover it. It's a life out in the open. It's a life of freedom. It's a life with a lot less heavy weights on us, trying to prove who we are. This whole thing of trying to prove who we are is a big deal. And to begin to realize, you don't have to prove to the God of this universe. You don't have to go around and say, am I good enough now? Am I good enough? He's making us to be everything 
that he wants us to become. Because we live and move and have our being in him. I want my daughter to read a prayer. Where are we time-wise? It's time. Pardon? It's time. It's time. <laughs> Am I over? You're right on time. Okay. <laughs> She's my timekeeper. Pastor Marty said, well, it's no problem. Just look back. There's a clock on the wall. <laughs> I said, I can't see the clock. <laughs> <laughs> so she's supposed to be my timekeeress. I want to just speak a word of prayer. Lord, over this congregation, over the people that are here this day, this moment, I pray there would be something of the reality of your touch and your genuineness that we would see as a part of each of our lives and that we would get to experience more of life in the open, in the light, in your presence as of this moment more than we've experienced up to this moment. Let us be people who enjoy life and the light. In Jesus' name, amen.